0: and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is the division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply.
1: Two recent lawsuits accuse Zillow of violating the privacy rights of visitors to its website. Those lawsuits, and others, raise questions about the use of session replay software. Welcome to The Principal. I'm Dave Kraszewski, editor of National Mortgage Professional Magazine. I recently spoke with attorney and data security expert James Yanella about what session replay is and what these lawsuits might mean for any company with a website. Let's start with this. Um, The reason I originally reached out to you is because I wrote a story about a lawsuit that was filed in Washington state recently against Zillow and Microsoft under that state's wiretapping law. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the obviously it wasn't the first lawsuit of its kind. There were at least three others filed in Pennsylvania, one of which involved Zillow and there were others involving Expedia and I believe Lowe's. Uh, and all kind of under the same wiretapping regulations, having to do with uh, either coding embedded on a website or uh, work done by a third party vendor that creates what they call a session replay. So I wanted to start there and kind of get your impressions of, of what session replay really is and what it does.
2: Sure. Um, So Session Replay is... uh, It's analytic software that most companies in America who have websites um, and have any sort of significant traffic to their websites will use uh, to try to learn more about user behavior on the websites. Um, Session Replay, what it does is basically track users' uh, clicks. Uh, their navigation through the website, um, any kind of um, follow through any links that they're hitting on the website. It tracks all of that. And it has the ability to aggregate all of that and essentially create a, uh, for what's a lack of a better word, a recording of the user's interaction with a website. Um, now it's not recording the individual; they wouldn't see, for example, um, my face if I were visiting the website. But what they would be able to replicate is my user experience on the website. So it's um, really nothing terribly nefarious. It is simply a uh, it's an analytic tool that's widely used by pretty much every digital. Uh, content manager uh, in the country. It's, it's extremely widely used. Um, Hotjar is one of the big ones, uh, but there are many out there.
1: Okay, so I guess the next question then is: What are the pros and cons of this? Because when you read these <coughs> lawsuits, they talk about invasion of privacy of the people who are you the visitors to the website because it yeah. may be recording things that the Visitor is not necessarily aware of.
2: Well, um, it's gotten a little bit, uh, you know, a dark cloud has been cast over it a little bit because I think uh, because of the recording element um, that if you don't understand the way the technology works and what's actually being recorded, it can give the impression that somehow your laptop is like videoing you. While you're, you know, while you're sitting at your computer, but that's not really what's happening at all. It's, it's doing nothing more than tracking what you're doing on a particular website. Um, it's, it's just simply tracking your clicks, um, your keystrokes, and where you're navigating through the website. So, uh, I think again, it, it's certainly gotten a little bit of a bad name, but I think it's largely overstated.
1: Okay, well let's let's take a look at that for a minute. If I'm visiting say a Zillow's website and mm-hmm. I start typing in some information and decide, you know what, I'm not going to fill this out, I'm not going to submit it. Yeah. The likelihood is that Zillow still gets that information because of the session
2: replay, correct? Yeah, they very well could. Absolutely.
1: So at some of the lawsuits seem to suggest that that's uh, an invasion of privacy of the, per- of the person doing that because they didn't intend for Zillow to have that information. But because of the way this information is aggregated, Zillow will, will get that information anyway. And from looking at Zillow's privacy policy on their website some of what they do with their aggregation is mentioned and some isn't it's it's some of it's pretty vague so i guess the question is what's the expectation of privacy that i as a visitor to any website has when i get there uh you know again if if i'm if some of this information is just collected passively and i'm not aware of that is that an invasion of my privacy
2: well, um, whether or not it's an invasion of privacy really is going to come down to what your views are on these issues. Um, if you're a plaintiff's slur, you're probably likely to claim that it is an invasion of privacy. Um, obviously, Zillow would disagree with that pretty strongly. So I, I'm not going to sit here and evaluate a lot of this are driven by website disclosures, privacy disclosures. Um, most companies that use session replay software allude to it in some manner in their privacy policies. Um, I have seen some companies will go even further than privacy policies. They may have cookie banners that, for example, will allude to the use of third-party uh, analytic tools that will track and um, and even record. Uh, consumers' behavior on the website. Um, to get back to the, your question, claims is, um, you know, the the user typed in information on the website and they shared that with the website operator. Um, so there cannot be an expectation of privacy for information that a that someone voluntarily shares with a website that they have gone to voluntarily. Um, so the privacy claim may be a bit overstated, but of course, uh, I know that, uh, there are plaintiff's lawyers who would take a different position on that.
0: Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. Right.
1: Okay. Well, so you mentioned litigation and... The lawsuits, these wiretapping lawsuits didn't really come out of thin air. Uh, they seem to be related to a recent district court ruling. Like I think it was a third district in uh, Pennsylvania regarding a case called Papa versus Harriet Carter Gifts. And are, are you familiar with that lawsuit? Yes. Okay. So can can we discuss a little bit mm-hmm. about you know, what the... Uh, the origin of that lawsuit is and, and what this recent district ruling was?
2: Sure. Um, and let me back up for a second uh, and sure. I'll tell you that wiretap lawsuits um, have actually been around longer than the more recent case that you alluded to, or, or the, you know, the recent Zillow cases. Um, a lot of privacy litigation comes in, in uh, fits and bursts. Um, And there was a flurry of wiretap cases that were brought toward the end of 2020, early 2021. A lot of those cases were driven by a Ninth Circuit opinion in uh, the Facebook tracking litigation. Right. Um, And that led to lots of lawsuits against companies. um, And a lot of those lawsuits were brought under state wiretap claims some of them related to facts that are very similar to the, uh, the Harriet cards litigation. Um, essentially that litigation, uh, is really focused on, um, essentially the the use of, um, you know, tracking cookies for advertising purposes and and the sharing of information. and that's one distinct branch of these wiretap claims. It, they really go after companies who are basically working with advertisers that redirect communications and enable the setting of cookies on consumers' browsers. The other big um, branch of wiretap click cases are the ones that we've been talking about, the session replay lawsuits. Okay. A lot of those session replay lawsuits um, were brought in 2020 and 2021. So um, more recently, as you know, there's been an uptick in litigation, um, and probably some of it is driven by the recent case in the Third Circuit that you alluded to, um, which uh, basically overturned uh, a lower court decision on, on uh the viability of a claim under Pennsylvania's wiretap and eaves, eavesdropping statute. the um, The facts of the case. All of these cases are really technical. I want to I want to <laughs> start with that because the uh, the technical details in which data is shared among uh, website operators and service providers is, is very uh, very granular. Um, and unfortunately a lot of these cases turn on, uh, on when data is shared at what point in the process, but to make a long story short, the way that this website operates is it, um, it has code in its website, like many, many companies, um, that code is written into the website by, uh, through agreements with third party advertisers. Um, and, what, what the code does is when you go to the website, the code will basically uh, send a, um, basically it'll force a your browser to send a request to this third party. Uh, that third party will then set a cookie on the consumer's browsers. And thereafter, all of the uh, communications uh, between the website website browser and that website will be uh, essentially copied by that cookie. Okay. That's, that's the purpose of a tracking cookie. Okay. Um, And uh, in, in the case, basically the, the district court had dismissed uh, the the plaintiff's claim. Um, And there are a lot of, a lot of defenses to wiretap claims. Um, I don't think we we have enough time today to talk through every one of the, the defenses, but there are numerous technical defenses. The one that uh, the court was most focused on was the party exception. Um, most, but the federal wiretap, firetap, excuse me, wiretap law, as well as state wiretap laws, they all have this direct party exception. And what that basically means is if the plaintiff is communicating with a defendant, then that communication cannot be the basis for liability against the defendant. It's another way of thinking of it is um, you, you basically, if you're communicating directly with me, then I'm not intercepting any communication. And that's what a wiretap is. It is an interception of an electronic communication, right? So um, the court, said, well, look, you're communicating directly with this defendant, Navistone, um, via the information that is collected through this cookie, and therefore there is no lawsuit. Um, And the court, they they vacated the, the lower court's ruling on that by finding that it was the direct party exception under at least the Pennsylvania statute. It's really limited. Um, it's limited to cases and basically with uh, law enforcement masquerading uh, as criminals. So it's it's a very narrow exception. Um, and then there were some other important rulings from the Third Circuit. One has to do with where the interception occurred. Um, Navistone had argued that it occurs uh, where their servers are located, which I believe were Virginia. Uh, but the court said no, the where the the interception occurs, where the communication is rerouted, um, and that would occur on the plaintiff's browser. So, um, and the plaintiff's browser is where the plaintiff is, and that's you know presumably in Pennsylvania. So that that was an important nuance in the ruling as well. Um, I think the uh, the big issue though is this issue of consent. Um, Wiretap laws, most wiretap laws in the United States, including the federal wiretap law, are one-party consent. Right. That means that only one party to the communication has to consent to the wiretapping. Pennsylvania is a two-party consent state. There are, um, I believe, uh, 11 states in total that are two-party consent states. Uh, California is another one. Florida is another one, Um, but that's important because in Pennsylvania, that means that both the plaintiff as well as the defendant have to consent to this wiretapping. Plaintiff said, I never consent. I never knew about it. Therefore, there's a a violation and these laws all provide for uh, liquidated damages, which is why plaintiff's lawyers love them. The... um, now, consent doesn't have to be express, written consent. as I consent. You don't even have to click a box that says I consent. Um, most of these state laws will allow allow consent to be inferred. And um, one of the defenses that Navistone had put forth is that we disclose this in our privacy policies, and the plaintiff should reasonably have expected that there were going to be advertisers who are tracking their behavior on their website.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Penny Mac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's your headlines for today, September 22nd.
1: Freddie Mac reported that the housing market continues to face headwinds as mortgage rates increased again this week to the highest level in nearly 14 years. 30-year fixed rate mortgages averaged 6.29%. In other news, the MBA reported that home buyer affordability improved for the third straight month in August, and Guaranteed Rate has launched an expanded version of its Spanish language app.
0: This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by TG Cutampereur, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is Head of Multimedia, and Christine Stewart is Editorial Director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.